Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the nation. That's Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with my co-host, Leanne Whippen. She's got a, she's a, She's what? rolling around in the ashes today. No, it's Ash Wednesday. Yeah, Ash so, Wednesday. Yeah. Yes. So, and we've got Camaro Dave, Commander Chris, and Little Joe running around in the background here. And we're coming to you from our Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended. You can check them out online at PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com. Well, if you've been around the barbecue, especially competition barbecue, for more than a couple of days, uh, the name Willingham might mean something to you. And so today we're very honored to have the resident pit master from Willingham's down in Georgia. Paul Holden is with us. Paul, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yes, nope. welcome. What's it like to step in behind somebody like John Willingham? And I know you get asked that question because I actually watched a couple of the other pods that you were on and stuff. And, uh. and, uh, but that's got to be stepping into a big shadow. Yeah, it, it, it is. Uh, I think I had the blessing of being with John for a long time on the circuit and working with him closely in Memphis. So s- stepping in, I knew the techniques, I knew the the rigor. Um, but, you know, it's it's still, I'm not John, right? I'm the, I've got my own, a little bit of my own style, but bringing what we learned uh, is, is uh, always a challenge. Right. Yeah. And uh, it takes it takes a lot to pull the team together and, and continue that legacy on. But you're right. Stepping in, trying not to step. Actually, I'm trying not to step into John's shoes. Right. I'm just trying to carry on that legacy and that legend. Um, and he had a great team around him, you know, the whole 40 years. So. I I never met him. I read about him. I, I'm Of course, I'm clear out here on the West Coast. So, yeah. you know, that we don't get a whole lot of competition barbecue out here, but you know, he does cast a big shadow in a very good way. Um, and one of the things you said, he basically never met somebody he didn't like or yeah. wouldn't work with. That's correct. That's- you know, I'm, I, I fortunately met him years ago. Um, my dad, Jim tab, uh, knew him very well. Yeah. And he used to go to the try on, you know, competition. I remember his double decker butts. And I, I remember him hanging his ribs vertically. That was like his claim yeah. to fame, which is funny yeah. because they act like today in the barrel cookers, like that's a new method or something yeah. that's just been discovered. When in fact, John was doing it for years. And I never really understood the whole thing because I was like, well, don't the bottom of the ribs burn because they're down by the heat. And it was just, you know, it was all indirect, I guess. And, yeah, well, you know, it, it worked out beautifully. And he obviously won, you know, all of the prestigious contests along the way. Uh, do you still cook the ribs like that? Yep, I do. 
Um, so, I mean, so I would say the vertical cooking, so 1978 was the first prototype of the cooker. Um, so two, two things. One, it is indirect. Uh, second, it rotates. So we're hanging, it's vertical, and it's rotating. So we're always getting even distribution of the heat. So our chance of burning the bottom of the ribs or getting them too dark uh, doesn't happen. I also hang our competition brisket. Um, oh, that's fun. Yeah. So um, when, when you say it rotates, is that a manual rotation or do you have a gadget that does I it? Have a motor, a little, little gear motor. Oh, that but, makes it nice. Yeah. And that's how, we, that's how we do our pigs too, our whole hog. They hang and they rotate. Is it constantly moving? Mm -hmm. Yeah, about one RPM, two RPMs, just a slow turn throughout the uh, the cooking cycle. What was the reaction to, say, some other competitors, excuse me, when, I understand the ribs, but when you hang a brisket on there, that must have raised some eyebrows. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it always catches, especially on the KCBS circuit, it catches people attention. And if you've uh, seen the cookers, you know that they are uh, a trait, Johnny Trade likes to call them popcorn makers. Uh -huh. uh, they are they do sort of have a very odd old timey appearance with the big wagon wheels but uh yeah i get a lot of looks a lot of but it draws a lot of people in to have the conversation about well what are you doing how are you cooking what are your techniques so i think you know knowing john well um besides just the the technique and something different uh, it also drew the crowd in to have conversations about barbecue so i think it helped it helped engage what's going on but i do i get a lot of a lot of questions on the circuit about uh, how in the heck do you hang a brisket? Or yeah, I got a, I got another question on that. So, yeah. do you find the cooker is hotter up top than the bottom, about or five, is it pretty even? About five degrees different. So, do you hang the point like down point, and the point, point up. up? Does that mean the pig goes head up? <laughs> the pig goes head up. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So you can go and you can look in there, and he'll be looking you straight in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he just, yeah, it's uh, our harness. So basically, it's uh, a very early edition of the running pig harness so uh -huh. that uh, uh, the shed uses, but uh, one that we created back probably in the early 80s. And uh, so that, yeah, it just goes up into the cavity and then we hook him on the carousel and he, uh, he hangs. What but do he, you, I never how, know the Paul, how do you, uh, let me step back from that. There's got to be some drippings from no matter what you're cooking, whether it's the hog or a brisket or what have you. Does do you have flare ups in there? Uh, no. So we're we're we are truly indirect. So our heat source is off onto the side. Okay. So uh, with the convection in the cooker, it just pulls the heat up and out, the smoke up and out, uh, and then I can put a little. Uh, we on the diagram, it's called the ajou band, but it's you know basically a basin at the bottom of the cooker that I'll uh -huh. put a little water in there and I get a little moisture. So, um, it's sorry to interrupt. Is it um, is it wood driven started with charcoal or do you gas start it or how how does that work? Uh, no gas. Uh, uh -huh. So it's multi fuel. So I can run pellets. Uh -huh. We started cooking with pellets back in probably 87. Um, but I can take the pellet feeder off and I can run lump. I can run stick. So it, it's fully versatile for any of the major fuel sources. Have you considered um, selling that type of cooker? 
We, we did. We've got 200 of them that are out uh, that have been sold over the years. Uh, huh. I haven't produced one since 2016. Uh-huh. Actually, the last one went up near near uh, near Jeff there up in um, uh, Boise, Idaho. We shipped one up there. Uh, but we have a stainless stainless steel version was the, the last version we've been out. But there's some black steel, carbon steel ones that were done in the 80s and early 90s. Wow. That's so cool. I just haven't. Uh, we've got a manufacturer lined up. I just wish the steel prices would just inch down. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, and mean. I prob- I could probably sell, probably, I've probably got 26 people right now lined up to, to buy them. So. Wow. Well, depending on the price, you can put my name on the list. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're fun. They're fun. They're fun. I wow. saw a picture of it, Paul. Uh, yeah. When you were doing one of the other shows, they, they, whipped up a still image there and there was uh there was also like a smokehouse right behind it in this image uh, or uh the cooker was kind of outside because it had a big circle around it and then right behind it there was like a little shed or something i don't and there i it went by so fast i'm sorry i i'm no nah, i'm trying to think of the, I'm, i know most of the pictures by heart i'm trying to think of which one that may be um i've got the well we've got a couple of versions of it i also have a the one so you leanne you said you used to see the old white rig up at, uh-huh. at that contest so that cooker that so same thing vertical cooking uh, that one's tri-fuel as well. That one will do pellet. It will do it all. Um, uh, pellets, l- lump or stick. It'll do 225 slabs of ribs in it at once. Wow. Or, or, five, or five Memphis and a salad uh, 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 hog, size hog, right? Um, and I just had that one refurbished maybe four years ago. We, we I tore the old rig down pulled the cooker out and had that one refurbished. So that may have been in the back of that picture. Okay. Um, I don't know, right? Because some cause that's a it's a big it's a big old it's a big big beast. Do yeah. you still compete in Memphis in May? Uh this will be our 40th anniversary there this wow. year. Wow. Making uh I was a finalist ju- judge at Memphis in May. And you know it is truly, you know, the on-site judging and the story and the cookers and the the yeah. meat and the technique and da 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 da. Um, I would think that your cooker would probably help with the points. <laughs> I, I would say we very rarely don't get straight tens on our on-site. Yeah. Um, so we've been in the shoulder division the last four years, three years. Well, COVID screwed me up. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody got it. So we've been in the shoulder. So that's the only division we've never won. So we won ribs twice with the two grand championships back in the early 80s. And then we won whole hog at Memphis in May in the 90s. That one didn't get the GC. Uh-huh. So my uh, my goal is to uh, this year at our 40th anniversary there win shoulder. Uh, so we'd have the trifecta. I don't think any other team has ever won all three categories. Yeah, that's cool. So we'll uh, we'll see. I've got I've got quite a collection of other pit masters that are coming in to uh, be part of it. And uh, uh, we're excited. It should be. Yeah. Well, good luck to you. And if you need an extra, extra. (laughs) Everybody's always welcome. uh, We, we, again, I think we carry on that tradition of uh, John, not, not knowing a stranger, the family's still actively involved. So uh, 
two of the daughters and one of the son-in-laws is still actively involved with the team and the company. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, hasn't gotten too far. That's good. Uh, we're talking to Paul Holden uh, from Willingham's. He's their head pit master there down in Georgia. And we're going to take a break here on Barbecue Nation. We're going to be back in just a couple minutes after these messages. Please stay with us. everybody it's jt and this is a special version of barbecue nation it is brought to you in part by painted hills natural beef beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends that's painted hills natural beef welcome back to barbecue nation here on usa radio networks um I'm JT, of course, and Leanne Whippen, and today we're talking with Paul Holden. Before we get back to chatting with Paul, if you'd like to email us, it's really easy. You can just go barbecuenationjt.com. There's a little you know, menu there that you can send us a message on. You can also send us messages on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and 4,323 other platforms that are out there. So we're out there. Anyway, let's get back talking with Paul Holden from Willinghams. What all does Willinghams do? You've got the competition. You've got you've got seasonings, rubs, and stuff. What all do you guys do? Yeah, so, um, well, competitions, obviously, as you mentioned. Uh, the line of seasoning and sauces, uh, have, you know, still actively producing and, distributing, you know, not only in the retail market, but we've got a large following in the uh, restaurant space. So we'll mm-hmm. private label all, all shit for them. Uh, we do have a uh, restaurant licensee out in California. I saw that. Yeah. yeah Redondo uh, Beach. Redondo Beach. Um, he actually, uh, actually got a great little store. He met up with John, uh, came to Memphis in May. Uh, this would have been 2008 uh, when we first met. Uh, Phil Lang, he was living in South Korea, and we sold him a license to operate a Willingham restaurant in South Korea, ship a cooker over there, uh, figuring out how to ship all the seasonings across so he could run, you know, our techniques and our recipes, and then he ended up uh, moving to LA and just reopening the restaurant there. So probably plans in the future to look at additional licensees um, that it was something John dabbled in, but I don't think he really took uh, too seriously because it was a, a lot more work than I think he expected to. How do you set up that distribution network? Sure. I'm a little perplexed here because LA I actually looked at uh, for a restaurant and it was a nightmare trying to get a smoker in there. What is he using on site that he's able to get by and have this happen in LA? He's using our Wayne turbo cooker. So we have a and, uh-huh. commercial version of it uh, that meets all the NSF right. rules. And uh, from, I've not actually been in the restaurant. I've seen uh, pictures of it. He's just got it under a, a, a vent hood. Is he uh, using pellets then? Yeah. As far as I know, it does have a backup. The commercial version does have a backup propane or or natural gas. Right. Um, but I'm 99% sure he's using pellets at the restaurant. Well, when I go to LA, I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, I, he's I down at Redondo Beach. Okay, yeah. Good yeah. to know. 
You know, it's getting kind of tough. I mean, I did a news report this morning. I do a food news report every Thursday morning and talking about, of course, we've all heard. I don't want to get off in the weeds here, but they want gas stovetops in your home, uh, you know, and, and there's, uh, well, let me look. I got my script right here. There's 82 cities now that have banned it from new housing. You know, building a new house, you can't put it in there. That's that's just, well, and the numbers they use are pretty pretty tweaked as far as gas stove tops contribute thirteen percent of the uh, emissions that quote unquote lead to climate change. Uh, but if you look at the, maybe that's true. I don't know. I don't know how they calculate that, but they you look at us versus the entire world that's a very tiny tiny percentage when you get the actual percentage so is that gonna is that gonna affect the restaurants then because all most restaurants use gas they're fighting it the restaurant associations are fighting it like crazy but we've got some we don't talk politics much on this show, but we've got some Looney Tune politicians out there yeah. that have no yeah. idea what goes on in know, the real world, in the real world, and behind right. the kitchen door. So I'll just yeah. leave it at that. But it yeah. it's it's pretty crazy, and especially for people that are established, you know, like your like your franchisee there in Redondo Beach or any of the other ones. You know, I would these, assume they would be grandfathered in, I, but anyway, you would hope so. Um, uh huh. Just even do but. Talk about our whole our whole lifestyle of barbecue, right? Are we going to be in the next thing they come after is the pellets and the uh, that would be World that. War Three. Thank you yeah, very I, much. I think so. Uh. <laughs> I mean, they're coming after the backyard, right? It's uh, yeah. Well, we'll it, stay away from that, but yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's kind of crazy, and then I'll shut up about this, but. What are what are we known for here in the Pacific Northwest? Our forests, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And and we do have some hellacious forest fires, but that's a whole different subject. But they're also now in some places in California and in Seattle and other ones. You cannot put a fireplace, a wood burning fireplace, in your yeah. home. Colorado. Yeah, that's nuts. But anyway, I it I, is. I digress. I digress. So I will change the subject matter. Uh, (laughs) I had the pleasure. I had the pleasure of meeting Lori at the National Barbecue Convention in Orlando this past week. And um, you guys won first place in seafood. We're having some other awards. So congratulations. That's that's awesome. Super exciting. Super exciting. Kudos to you. Is that a fairly new rub or has that been around for a while? Uh, It's new. Um, Well, I guess it's new but old. it was the last seasoning that I was working on with John prior to his death. So 2011, 2012, we were messing around with that. Uh-huh. And uh, he passed in 13. Uh, it went into a box. Uh, I found it in 2015. And said, ah, I remember this, but we never figured out what protein it needed to go on or what it was used for. Uh-huh. Um, his son-in-law and I were sitting around at a competition. I went and bought a bunch of different proteins because we had nothing else better. And I bought sea bass and uh, we put it on the sea bass and it was phenomenal. And we knew right then and there that that was going to be a seafood seasoning. Uh, we came up with the name sitting there as well, lost at sea. 
so you know uh, at least the way the story goes is you know lost recipe of john's and uh, i love it off the sea and we entered it last year in in the award of excellence that came in six uh-huh. so we bumped from six to first on that so uh that was that's kind of a thrill right it, it uh not only is the name still relevant in the industry uh we you know because it's sold pretty good over the last couple of years but also it, it's a good recipe. I love. I made a few little tweaks to it at the end to get it into production, but ninety nine percent of it is what he and I were working on back, um, you know, a little over ten years ago. How would you describe the flavor profile? It's a little. It's sweet and savory. We're gonna uh, take. We got to take a break here on Barbecue yeah. Nation, but we will be back right after this with Paul Holden. Don't go away. Hey, everybody, it's JT from Barbecue Nation, and my friends down at Smoky Bones have come up with a great summer special for you. For a limited time, get the Rib Feast for only $19.99. Now, Rib Feast comes with a house rack, two sides, garlic bread, and a drink, and that's when you actually eat at the restaurant. Smoky Bones, the masters of meat, well, they have about 63 locations from Illinois all the way down to Florida, and they bring you fire-grilled favorites and barbecue platters every day for lunch and dinner, and it's great stuff. So find a Smoky Bones near you and enjoy their summer rib feast special, only $19.99. That's Smoky Bones, the masters of meat. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with um, Ms. Leanne Whippen, Hall of Famer there. And again, we'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended. As one guy recently described it, it's just stupid good. And it is. Mm-hmm. So that. And also, pig powder. Uh-huh. Trim Tab's pig powder. Barbecue dry rub was developed by Leanne's dad, Jim Tab. Uh-huh. It won the best rub on the planet award used by winning pit masters for over 30 years. And it's now available online at pigpatter.com. Uh, of course I said, Jim was Leanne's father and now Leanne and her sister are at the helm of pig powder and, um, uh-huh. it's continuing to turn in winning performances. So get your pig powder today at pigpowder.com. Good stuff. It's, it's true though. I mean, I have competitors buy it all the time. They want to buy it in bigger quantities than I have access to, <laughs> but it is an all around and it actually won first place at the national barbecue awards of excellence over the years as well. So it's got a lot of accolades and uh, yeah, I love it. I I'm sitting here today with two spice winners, put it that way. And I I'm impressed with that. Are you still, uh, Paul, are you still working on new seasonings? I do. I've got um, not only John's notebooks, but I've got my own uh, that I've been working on off on the side that, you know, hopefully we'll get one more out this year. I'm not, I'm not fast at this. It's uh, it's a slow and painstaking uh, process for me. I think, you know, some of our, the newer ones that are out in the market, they seem to come out with a new seasoning about every week. Yeah. Um, so we'll, I think we'll come out with one more later this year. And then I've got a sauce, uh, sort of monitorizing a few sauces for next year. Um, and that was another thing we took uh, our mild tomato sauce uh, down at the National Barbecue Association Awards, uh, third place in our tomato mm-hmm. sauce. And that is a 
40 plus year old recipe still hitting it. So you, you, you gotta love it. Yeah. What's, do you do catering too? We, we don't, um, we'll do nonprofit charity type catering, but not official, um, cooking. I, I, I actually have, have a day job too, besides barbecue. So, wow. um, you know, we, we might in the future as, as normal work starts to wind down and, uh, might, might pick up some catering gigs here and there, but we'll, we generally do for charity, nonprofits, uh, we'll do different gigs for them. So your company is primarily then the rubs, the sauces, Memphis mm -hmm. and May, that's it, right? Yeah, and then we'll do about 14 KCBS competitions throughout oh, the year. Oh, cool. So I want to step back, Paul, and talk about your process when you're developing a mm -hmm. rub or a sauce. You you touched on it. It seems like, and we've had, we, they're great people. We've had them on the show, but they seem to be able to knock out a a rub or a blend just like boom and that's fine if they're happy with it good mm -hmm. luck go do it but it seems in our conversation here you're talking about a longer process of trial and error and in developing the the formula so to speak and then it maybe even longer for your testing would you walk us through that yeah i mean just even the lost at sea uh that was probably two years just batting it back and forth with John and I on on uh, different proteins and non-proteins alike. Um, probably would have come to market a little bit sooner if it just hadn't gotten lost in a box for sure. a while. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but even on one of the ones I'm currently working on, uh, I started that probably two years ago and just tweaking it enough and you know using high quality ingredients, looking for things that are different uh, and not Again, I, I I love a lot of the products out there. A lot of friends and sure produce competitive, but a lot of them are so similar. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And I can go out to our our competitors when we're on the KCBS circuit or Memphis and Man. Pretty much what everybody's using. We still use our basics, and you know, then other things that we're working on to try to blend in. And it just it just takes me time, right? To mm -hmm. Get that right. Is it too salty? Is it too sweet, too savory. Is there? Does it brown? You know, does it, does it burn? Does it uh, finding that little distinct flavor that somebody's going to come back and say, "What is in here?" Uh, I mean, one of the ones I'm working on right now is black garlic. Mm -hmm. um, who, you know, how many people know about black garlic? Uh, but it's just a rich, really yeah. rich, deep flavor, and it, to me, it just takes a lot of time. I think some of the uh, some of the ones that some some of the other producers out there, their their co-packers have a whole chemist department, food chemist, and mm -hmm. I think they're you know they can whip out a whole variety of stuff and say do you want to put your name on it right or here's a base how do you want to tweak it? Um, I just don't go that route. I mean our our co-pack couple of our co-packers have offered to say well we have this blend we've been thinking about would you put your name on it? I generally, I don't want to go that direction. Mm. Yeah, I think I think you're correct. And we've talked about it on the show uh, several times before. But if you go to the grocery store or your barbecue store and you look at all the seasonings and there's tons of them now, so many of them are very similar in their flavor profiles and they're very dependent on, on 
you know, paprika or brown sugar or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. there's no, it's not a slam against them. It's just that I think when people are looking for unique flavor profiles, they don't want to have to search so hard either, you know, because you can mm-hmm. pull this one off the shelf and this one on the shelf and this one off the shelf and you go home and whether you're doing beef or pork or whatever, and you try it and you say, there's not that much difference in the flavor. You know, there's just not a big variety. And, and, you know, this is what walking in John's shoes, as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, it's difficult because he was one of the seasonings there to enhance the natural flavor of the the protein or the the product, right? It's Mm -hmm. not there to overwhelm it. So I think if you, you know, try and experiment with ours, it, it literally enhances what you're cooking, right? Sauce, we were taught. This kills me on the KCBS server, but I grew up with John. We did not sauce anything. Right. And uh, that makes it, makes it tough when you're going into judging. And But I do now. Um, actually, before he passed, we got an agreement on how to do that. Uh, <laughs> but, but um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's they're, they're very similar in nature. And, you know, we try to make it an enhancement. The, the other thing is there's... Uh, you know, and it's tough. I try to stay true to this as much as possible, but we don't advertise, right? We don't, we don't market. We don't advertise. We're all word of mouth. Um, we know our true market share. It's slow and steady growth over 40 years. We haven't had the big hockey stick. Um, you know, with Facebook and social media and all that, it's quasi advertising, I guess. I sort of hopefully not upsetting John on that, but um, I think there's a lot of products you just dropped out onto the market very rapidly that you know they're they're decent they're good but are they still going to be here 40 years that that's a really good question because mm-hmm. um i know people here locally that have done some blends got it into a few stores in the area like that and it stays for a while and then you might go back a you know a year 18 months whatever and it's not there anymore and if you, you know, you by chance run into them and they say, ah, well, you know, we weren't really making any money with that, blah, 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 whatever the reasoning. Uh-huh. And, and they might just be selling it out of the trunk of their car at events or something. You don't know, but it's, and it's a tough business, you know, getting it, shelf, it, shelf space is a tough deal. It is. It's really difficult. And again, with the onset of uh, all the, the TV shows and, the different pitmasters and their seasonings and their winnings, which is, is phenomenal. It's been great for the sport, uh-huh. right? Um, I guess we call it the sport. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and really the lifestyle, it's, I think it's been tremendous, but it does, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a slog out there trying to get the uh, product on shelves. Um, we tend to try to go to smaller, I'd rather be in a fireplace shop and a grill shop than uh-huh. one of the big, box retailers because I feel yeah. like it's more personal. They get to know the product and we get to know them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, I think that what you just said, you know, lends itself to people getting lost in play, flavor profiles. And I'm talking about the consumer, Yeah, you know, uh, you go to the big box stuff and, and well, even our local, ace hardware stores around here they've put a big push on it it's been great they've been very supportive of competition barbecue and barbecue in general and they did that but you go in there now and there's a whole row of stuff 
you know, and yeah. it it's it's tough to select it if you are not familiar with it. And the only way you're going to get familiar with it is to try it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I keep buying it. We actually have two of our uh, two of our uh, Memphis and May longtime team members that live in Portland. Oh, they, they fly down every year and been with our team for know, fifteen years now. Oh, good. Well, I'll have to track them down one of these days. It's good for you. What's uh, we got about a minute before we go to break here, Paul. Um, what's it like when, or what was it like? I should say after John passed and you won your first uh, grand championship or Memphis in May or whatever it was, was there a, uh, a real emotional moment with that too? You know, um, haven't been back on the GC stage at Memphis in May since he passed. Uh, that, well, that's this year. But I'm going to keep saying that. Um, but, we, you know, we had a several calls uh, over the last 10 years where we're back up on stage and uh, very emotional. And uh, even the announcers, like, it's great to hear the Willingham name up on the big stage here at Memphis in May. Right. Sure. So it's uh, we've got a great following there and, you know, part of the, the, the legacy of, of that entire event. Good. Hey, we're going to take a break. We're going to be back, wrap up the show with Paul Holden, the current and official pitmaster at Willingham's Barbecue down in Georgia. Right after this, don't go away. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation here on the USA Radio Networks. Uh, we've got Chris Sussman coming up, the Barbecue Buddha next year, uh, next week, next year. Yep. Mm-hmm. He might be back next year, too. I don't know. Um, but Chris has uh, been on the show before. He's a good interview. He's a lot of fun. And today we're talking with Paul Holden, the uh, Willingham's competition team and seasoning. He's their pit master down there. Um, how did you first get introduced to John? 1991. So my first barbecue competition ever was Memphis in May 1991. I was cooking with uh, my company team. Uh, so Memphis in May, a lot of early in the days was a lot of corporate teams there. So we we did that. Uh, met John the next year at Memphis in May and uh, became friends with him. If you fast forward a little bit, I switched companies and one of the gentlemen that worked for me Went to church with John. I became closer friends with John. Hung out at the restaurant. Started learning. Started helping at Memphis in May in the late nineties, uh, and then just stayed with him the whole time. Oh, cool! Yeah. There's nothing like stepping into the deep end of the pool. Yeah, <laughs> you no kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I've done it. You know, I, I, the good news is I'm not afraid to do anything that was asked. Right. So right. it was whether I was just manning the the cookers and, and uh, making sure the ribs didn't fall, right? Uh, or uh, helping out just any way I could at Memphis and May and sponging on it. And then obviously at the restaurant, uh, uh, you know, learning from him and, and uh, his, his pit master at the restaurant. What do you think the biggest thing you learned is? Uh, patience. Yeah. And um, the willingness to always learn. Right, and try new things. I think 
you know, while John had a lot of techniques and, and things that he taught all of us, he always pushed us to keep learning, right? So whether it's cooking on a different apparatus, and I, I would say he's the true definition of a pit master, and I, you know, keep striving for that is while we have our own line of cookers and our own cooking technique, if I want to cook on a gravity or a stick burner or, you know, you just pick, pick any cooker, uh, I should be able to do that by yeah. the things that he taught us, right? And hopefully so. Yeah, so far so good. good. (laughs) What do you think uh, was the steepest part of your learning curve as far as just, you know, was it ribs? Was it brisket? Um, Especially on the vertical cooker, because you maybe you had never seen one before except with John. And when you went to do your your first competition with one, did you go, oh, wow. Yeah. So um, we always hit it on ribs and shoulder and. now, ch- competition chicken is different than the chicken we would, we, I would tend to probably put more CBA type chicken um, being taught by John. But brisket, I think, was the hardest thing to chase on that, on the vertical cooking of, you know, do I do a flat? Do I do a full, you know, point and flat tied together, which I don't separate them. I, yeah. They cook better. Uh, and then trying to determine of, do I really want to wrap or do I not want to wrap? Um, and when I when I do wrap, it's then I have to take it into horizontal. We do have a racking little spoon. Um, just figuring out that technique and and, and hitting that, and it's worked out well. We took a one eighty uh, two two years ago now at the uh, KCBS contest, um, and yeah, everybody's like, "Ah, oh, cooked it on a vertical cooker, rotating, mm-hmm. yeah, on the whole time. How does that work, right?" So. That's interesting. That's that's very interesting. What do you do outside of barbecue? Yeah, outside of barbecue, I am the uh, uh, global chief information officer for a uh, insurance company. Is it based in Atlanta? There, uh, we are. We're actually born out of COVID a little bit. Um, we're, we're a complete virtual company. Started in the UK uh, when COVID came around. They started mm-hmm. to build out the US team. Uh, so it's we're a four year four year old company, and mm. probably then uh, I think we're ranking about thirty eight and as thirty eight world's largest insurance carrier now at this point. Wow! So um, that's the that's the day job. I've been in the insurance and claims space for my entire career. So you're the guy they either love or hate. Yeah, it depends on the day, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> depends on the day. But, get, you know, it, it's been an interesting industry in the technology side of it. Um, just watching the progression of it over the last 30 years has been pretty oh, fascinating. I'm sure. I'm sure. So um, on your rubs and sauces, sorry to go back to that. No, you know, there's so important. many choices. Uh, what is your best-selling rub and your best-selling sauce? So our best-selling seasoning is the original mild. That's... Mm-hmm. Uh, we produce pretty close to a million pounds of that a year. Whoa. Um, yeah, it's a lot. Um, the most popular sauce is the sweet and sassy, which is what won mm-hmm. uh, down, down at the National Barbecue Grilling Association. So those two are probably hand in hand uh, the, the biggest. And then everything else just sort of sits in the middle. So mm-hmm. It sells. You know, we make, um, we make a good bit of it, but... Yeah, the original mild, I've got 
400 cases coming in at the end of the week and I need to order another 400, it'll be gone before I get that out the door. So it's just constantly, but it's going Is that out. wholesale or is that retail? Uh, a little bit of both. It's still produced in Memphis. Our warehouse is in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, distribution is in Memphis. Uh, and then we've got really a lot of mom and pop shops throughout the country that buy, you know, 10 cases at a time. And a few of the big online retailers um, that uh, have been with us since almost the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do Amazon or anything like that? We don't. Um, we have two of the online retailers that we've restricted down, but they're the only two that can do Amazon for us. Because okay. otherwise, we've got what, 52 people in the marketplace so all competing at the same. Mm-hmm. It, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I'd re- so we, we took the time to go into Amazon and lock it down to say only these two can sell our brand. I don't want to get into it, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they're good at it, let them do what they're good at. I'll do what I'm good at. Right. That's interesting. That's a lot of, when you say a million pounds, that's a lot of, that's, a, that's a lot of seasoning. It is a lot. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's a blend of retail, bottles, and um, bulk, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's We've been talking with Paul Holden today, pitmaster for Willingham's Barbecue. Paul's going to stick around a little bit for after hours. But, Paul, how can people that have never, maybe they've never heard of Willingham's, you know, um, we got a lot of new people across the country that listen to the show. How can they find it? Where can they get get the stuff? Yeah, so I think uh, the, the easiest way to find a store, hit our website. We have a store locator. You can hit, if you hit our website, if you email, uh, hit the contact form. Oh, cool. Very good. Well, thank you for being with us today. Uh-huh. We, we'll uh, check back with you after the end of the competition season and see how you've done. But uh, that's going to wrap it up for Leanne and, and myself this week on um, Barbecue Nation. But we will be back. We're like a bad penny. We keep showing up. But thank you for listening. After Hours will be coming up uh, on your platforms shortly. Uh, Remember our motto here, turn it, don't burn it. Take care, everybody. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.